God this morning. I want to pray over all the teachers, the students, the families entering into an unprecedented school year. A verse that has really meant so much to me on a practical level has been Revelation 3.20. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in. We don't have to figure it out. We just let him in. He's got it figured out. How he's going to solve all the issues of this school year, none of us know. But we open the door and welcome him in. So for teachers, I encourage you, open the door and invite Christ in. For families, open the door and welcome Christ in. For students, some uh, another bout at uh, online learning, invite Christ in. Let's pray together. Father, we open the door to this school year, and we say, Christ, come in. Christ, come in. Take your place. Take your place in, in every classroom, whether it's a virtual classroom or uh, eyeball to eyeball. Lord, in the hallways, in the coming and going on the sports teams, come in, Lord. Lord, we take this school year, so to speak, and we dedicate it to God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, for families that are trying to figure out if, if their kids are going to be home an extra month or two months or who knows how long, how to juggle a job and kids at home. All the issues that are in front of us this school year. We don't know how you're going to do it. We don't know how we're going to do it. But we open the door and we welcome you in. Come in, Lord. Come in. Show your genius. Show your counsel. Show your administrative skills. Show your wisdom, your understanding. Give grace, compassion. Give a strong attention span to all learners and all teachers. And Lord, again, we pray your protection from this disease. We pray your protection over every student, every teacher, every administrator, over each one of us. Lord, thank you that we can respect each other. Uh, we like sitting close. We don't like spreading out. We, we don't like wearing masks. We like coming and going as we please. But Lord, thank you that we can respect each other and observe protocols that we're not used to. But Lord, this morning, it's so good to sing praises to the Lord. It's so good to shout to the Lord in victory and the Lord to, to be led as we have been in worship to your name. Hallelujah. Lord, it is a privilege. It's an honor to belong to you. To be able to sing in Christ alone. Lord, we take our stand in Christ alone. We put our hope in Christ alone. And Lord, just hold out your hands if you would this morning. Father, all around this room, minister by your Holy Spirit and by your Holy Word. Feed us in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Please be seated. And... Um,
I want to bring to us a powerful scripture. This is uh, one that I have memorized so many times. I, I keep being brought back to it. It is, um, it is a significant, weighty scripture for all of us, and it's in Psalm 103. As you know, we're uh, finishing up in the next few weeks our series on the blessing, 14 weeks in the blessing. This is our third of four weeks in the book of Psalms. We started Psalm 1, last week Psalm 67, and this morning Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Uh, if you know it, you can uh, say it with me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. Some of you are tapering off. It's okay. <laughs> who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with a steadfast love and mercy so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Hallelujah. Psalm 103. And by the way, in the King James Version uh, of the Bible, these two verses, Psalm 103, verse 1 and 2, are exactly in the middle of the Bible. In case you were wondering, this is, the, this is the center of the Bible. There are, in the King James Version, there are uh, 32,105 verses. And if you count uh, 15,551, you come to Psalm 103, verse 1. And from Psalm 103, verse 2, if you count forward from that verse, there are 15,551 verses. Hallelujah. So what's the point? The point is, and let me say, you can't make too much out of this because when the guys who wrote the Bible wrote it, they didn't put verse numbers. So we can't say, we can't make too much of this. But it is fun to know that at least in the King James Version, you count forward and backwards and you're right in the middle. But what we do know from this scripture is that this is a central scripture. Notice the audience that's being addressed. It's not corporate, it's singular. We're talking to ourselves. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Now, there are other Psalms that call for, really, Psalm 100 calls for all the earth. Uh, make a joyful noise, all the earth. It's calling for all the earth. This isn't even calling for more than one person. This is calling for me. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Uh, Psalm 34 is, um, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. It's a corporate call for worship. This is not a corporate. This is, this is very personal. But notice just how personal it hits. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Now the soul, of course, is made up of your mind, will, and emotions. It's a lot of what's within you, but there's something else in you beside your soul, and that's your spirit. And so it says, and all that is within me, not just the soul. Start with the soul, because the soul makes the decisions. The, the soul can interrupt the flow. So you start with the soul, but it also reaches out to the spirit, which is even deeper than the soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Now, this 
this call to worship from within us is the picture of a conductor of an orchestra. Uh, Leonard Bernstein or Arthur Fiedler with the Boston Pops or you can pick the great conductors of history. Psalm 103 is a conductor and it's waving its baton calling everything inside of you to worship. It's not calling uh, the slide trombones and the French horns and the piccolos and the, the timpani, but it's calling your, your, your emotions. It's calling uh, your, your th stray thoughts. It's calling your anxieties. It's calling everything that is inside of you. It's being called to worship. It's the great conductor of worship. And then it gives reasons to worship. It repeats it again. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now, benefits is a word, frankly, you won't find it very often in the Bible, although we find it referred to, but this is, this is one important place where the benefits are called for. And I want to say, whenever you encounter blessing in the Bible, and blessing is all over the Bible, there's always, with blessing, benefits. Amen. I call them collateral benefits, or collateral blessings. We're familiar with the term collateral damage. Um, okay, and in war, and there's plenty of those around the world, when we might blow up a... a, a a citadel of, of enemy forces, but then a few civilians get killed as well. It's called collateral damage. It's inexcusable, but it's excused. It's called collateral damage. But in the kingdom, there's no collateral damage. In the kingdom, there's collateral blessing. There's collateral benefits. It's the manifold, the ripple effect of one blessing leading to another. Here, forget not all his benefits. Benefits. Would you say the word with me? Benefits. benefits. Say it again. Benefits. benefits. Tell the person next to you, there's benefits. There's benefits in the kingdom. There's benefits in the blessing. Now, to put Psalm 103 in a single sentence, here it is. The fastest way for you to be a blessed person is to make the strategic choice to align everything inside of you under the one who blesses. What it's saying? Line up everything inside of you under the one who blesses. Bless the blesser is what's being called for. And there is no way to truly enjoy all the blessings of God without fulfilling Psalm 103, 1 and 2. You want to enjoy the collateral blessings, the benefits of being God's child. Then line up under him a heart that lives to bless the blesser. That place of calling everything inside of you under his blessing, 
regardless of what your neighbors may do, regardless of what the President of the United States may do, no matter what happens in this next election, no matter what happens, what happens, you can put your heart, your soul, all that is within you under the blessed one and live in the fullness of his blessing. Hallelujah. This is powerful. Now, um, this, this verse, I mean, let's just call it what it is. It's talking to ourselves. It gives us permission to talk to ourselves. Let me ask you, how many of you talk to yourself? Oh, come on. I mean, we all do this. It's okay. You're not going crazy. When you're going crazy is when you listen to yourself. Now, you should not listen to yourself. Uh, you can give yourself terrible advice. But, but you have, you have, you have, you have permission to talk to yourself. And you can use this scripture. Tell yourself, listen, Saul, bless the Lord. Listen to me. Everything inside of me, would you listen, come to attention, I want you to bless the Lord. That's your job. It's your job to take dominion over everything inside of you and call everything inside of you in alignment under the one who wants to bless you. Now we come to the blessings, and they're laid out beautifully. It's all forgiveness, all healing, all redeeming, and all crowning. It's all there. He forgives all our iniquities. He heals all our diseases. He redeems what was in the pit, he redeems it, gets it out of the pit, and then he not only takes it out of the pit, he crowns it. He puts a crown of his love and his mercy on top of it. This is a holistic blessing. Forgiveness, healing, redemption, and crowning so that our inner being is being renewed every day like an eagle that can mount up on its wings. That's the picture of this rippling effect of blessing that is yours and mine. And when all this calls for all of this to bless the Lord. The word bless, of course, there are 50 Hebrew words used for praise or blessing the Lord. This one is the Hebrew word. It's a popular one. It's used often. It's barak, the Hebrew word. Barak, it comes from the Hebrew word for knee. And knee in Hebrew is barak. And so literally it's calling for the posture inside of us to bless the Lord. Now all of us this morning have come to a place of corporate worship. We're in a place of corporate worship. We're here because we want to at least outwardly bless the Lord. But, but this is not calling for what we're doing. What This is calling not for the external worship. This is calling for the internal worship. You all know that it's possible to, to, to be in, a, in an environment of corporate worship and yet not be involved in internal worship. And, and, but, so this is calling... Don't just show up to worship. Call what's inside of you to worship. And this is where it starts. If it doesn't start here, 
what, what we do outwardly. It really doesn't matter. Desmond, would you stand, my good brother? I love this guy. Now, now when, when he, no, stay up. This guy, when he worships, he makes a lot of noise. He puts out a lot of energy. And, and when he first came to our church, I had my eye on him. And the only thing I wanted to see is, is it real? Is it coming from in here? And I promise you, it's coming from in here. So we want all the external we can get because it's starting on the inside. Hallelujah. 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 More of us need to loosen up. But it has to be real. The, the, the issue isn't how, how high you can jump or how fast you can run. If it's not you, then that's fine. But if it is, let it out. But the issue is it's got to be real inside. Because the external is, is nothing if it's not internal. And so that's why this is, it's a core verse in the scriptures in its precise location but it needs to be core in its location in our lives. As a conductor of worship, calling everything inside me and everything inside you to worship him. Amen. Now, verse 6 is a shift. So far, everything has taken place inside of you, inside of me. Verse 6 now moves beyond. Because, and I'll tell you why. The, the whole psalm, really from beginning to end, is a call for only what's inside you to worship. But, let's face it, it's what's outside of you and what's outside of me that often disrupts our worship, that often challenges. We look at the news and, ah, I can't believe what's going on. We have fits over this, we have fits over this. It's what's upsetting and disruptive to our praise is, is what's going on. It's just upsetting. And it's getting worse instead of better. I thought we were past this, all this. So watch. Watch what he does, verse 6. He addresses this. He addresses what's outside us. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. For all the oppressed. So if oppression, if social injustice is stealing your praise, it doesn't need to. Because the Lord is still working righteousness and justice. In our society, he's still doing this. And then you, what upsets me more than ever is the persecuted church. Christians being killed all over the world and hardly any coverage of it. The injustices that still exist in our nation bother me. But I gotta just be real. What bothers me more is how many are killed every day around the world. For only one reason, because they follow Jesus. That is enough to steal my praise. But th then look at the next verse, verse 7. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. 
Hallelujah. And then I'll tell you something else that can, can disrupt my praise. It's when I look in the mirror and I see my own shortcomings, my own failures, times when I fail miserably. And I think, Lord, what do you have to give a guy like me? I get down on myself. And look at these two verses. The next two verses. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. I can remember the first time I read those verses, I thought, this, I must have read them wrong. God does, I thought God dealt with us according to our sins. He, he doesn't deal with us according to our sins? I couldn't believe it. I reread it. I read it again. This is incredible. I, I, I can remember before this, I preached against this. I preached God will get you. He does not deal with us according to our sins or repay us according to our iniquities. God have mercy. Take this, people. Take it. This is the love of God for you. Hallelujah. Now, in response to this, he moves now to give three incredible word pictures. Three incredible word pictures. Word picture number one is the height of the sky. Word picture number two is the length of the horizon line. And word picture number three is a dad who has compassion for his children. Look at these three word pictures. Verses 11, 12, 13. Verse 11, as high as the heavens are above the earth. Think of that. So great is God's love for you. Verse 12, as far as the eastern sky is from the western sky. That's how far God separates your sins from you. And then the third one brings it down from nature and the sky and the vastness to a dad and his kids. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Jesus picked up on this and he says if a, if a son asks you for dads for a, a piece of bread, wow, we are all over the place. Uh, he will, if a dad asks him for a piece of bread, is he going to give him a stone? If a, if a boy asks his dad for a, an egg, uh, he wants an omelet, will he give him a scorpion? And then here, as a father has compassion on his children. So the Lord has compassion on you. 
Three powerful word pictures that just set the, 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 the parameters, word pictures that every culture on earth can understand. The height of the sky, the length of the horizon line, and a dad sitting there with his children. That is the way our God loves us. Hear the word of the Lord, but listen for the frailties of humanity. Our mortality, our vulnerability, frailty, humanity. He knows our frame and remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. Here's underneath, at the core of our being, is a desire to outlive ourselves. And what can steal your ability to praise God faster than anything is feeling like your life is worthless. Like your issues are bigger than life is worth living. You cannot overcome those things. You're gripped by your own limitations and your own mortality. But listen to the next verses. It says, man flourishes like the flower of a field. The wind passes over it and it is gone and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. And his righteousness to children's children. What are children's children? Grandchildren. To those who keep his covenant, that's what we're talking about, and remember to do his commandment. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. The answer to our mortality is the covenant love of God who reached out of eternity to link himself with our mortality to give us purpose bigger than ourselves. The, the bottom line of Psalm 103 is calling everything in you to respond to everything that there is in God who has reached out of eternity to meet you in your humanity and make with you a covenant love relationship that nothing will disrupt. And then it ends. It began with three calls, bless the Lord, three of them. It ends with four. And the first one spreads its arms out wide. The conductor calls for the invisible realm of angels. Verse 20, bless the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of the Lord. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Twice he calls the, the angels to bless the Lord. Then he calls out to everything in the physical creation. 
Bless the Lord all his works in all places of his dominion. He's calling for the constellations. He's calling for the other galaxies. He's calling for, for every created thing, the, the, the birds of the air, the, 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 the trees, the bushes, the flowers, all the insects. He's calling for all of, all of the animal world, the, the, the fish, everything to give blessing to the Lord. But then it comes down finally and it ends, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Because unlike the constellations and the other big things in creation, the redemption of Christ is for you. The covenant love relationship is uniquely for you. The greater blessing of what Christ accomplished is for people. And for that reason, Psalm 103 is an absolute bullseye. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. All that lives inside of me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all His benefits. All of them. And under the weight of them, we bow our knees. Not just outwardly, but internally. I, we call everything inside of us to bow our knees and to be in alignment under the covenant love relationship of our God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As our band comes, we have a powerful song to lead us in that calls every praise is to our God. Every word of worship in one accord. Every praise. Every praise. And then within the body of the song, there's reflections on different names of God. And we want to savor the, the impact of this song as it kind of sits on us this morning and it enables the word that we've heard to be planted inside of us. We've called Psalm 103 a conductor. A conductor. Calling forth the instruments of our inner life to tune up and to, in, in one accord, to bless the Lord. But the, ultimately, ultimately, the one who is the conductor is the Holy Spirit Himself. The Holy Spirit the Spirit of God takes the Word of God here in Psalm 103 and leads everything inside of us in a beautiful response of praise to Him. Let's stand together as we sing.